0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into episode 19 of the Take a Swig podcast. This is Swig coming at you after the wild card weekend of the uh, playoff season in the NFL. We got hot takes and cold beers coming up on this episode. We're going to uh, get into uh, the teams that were eliminated this past weekend and ask a, a pressing question about them. We're going to preview the teams that advanced and the matchups in the divisional round this Saturday and Sunday. And we're also going to uh, touch on the Cardinals and the Titans hiring new general managers after their uh, theirs were recently let go for various reasons. But before we get into all of that, I got Blake with me as always. Blake, my friend, uh, we're recording a couple of days late this week. How was your uh, your weekend and beginning of this week?
1: You know, my weekend was great. I always have fun on the weekends. It's a great time. Uh, this week, man. It's Wednesday, but it's been a long ass fucking week. Uh, it's just been dragging. I feel like I've been working for two weeks straight at this point. Uh, Swig, how was your tour of the Midwest?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny you ask. Uh, I'll get into it. Like when we were recording the episode last week with Nick, uh, that wasn't in my plans, and then yeah, we recorded that Monday night. And then Tuesday, I'm at work, and I, I was looking into uh, to flights in, into Minneapolis just for the hell of it, and I found one from Detroit that was only 100 bucks round trip, and uh, I said, fuck it, and pulled the trigger, and a couple of days later, I was in Minnesota, got there Saturday, Went to um, went to a Minnesota Wild hockey game, but we all know the real reason I was there was to go to the Giants game on Sunday. It was an excellent atmosphere. Obviously, I'm happy with the result of the game, but great trip. I've been to Minnesota a couple times before. Uh, the part that was uh, well, that made it really crazy was yeah, I leave early Monday morning, uh, barely make it through the airport. The uh, the airport on Monday was a complete clusterfuck with people who flew in for the game trying to leave make make it back to Detroit and since I ended up not working that day I drive straight to Columbus like the insane human being that I am despite being exhausted meet up with a friend for lunch and then go see the Rangers my favorite hockey team in Columbus beat the Blue Jackets that night I stay in Columbus Monday night because I was exhausted and I finally drove home on Tuesday morning
1: Jesus
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, So for anyone wondering why this is out on Thursday this week, uh, yeah, I I got to work Tuesday and and got through the day and all, but I was still exhausted. I was still feeling jet lag, tired, whatever the hell you want to call it. So finally got a good night's sleep Tuesday night and uh, feeling a lot better today, Wednesday. I know it's Thursday when you hear this, but yeah, that's, that's why it's out a couple of days later this week. It was a great trip. I loved it, but it really wore me out. Yeah,
1: I'm fucking mad. I got wore out just trying to keep up with you.
0: I mean, you, you could have come along on the trip.
1: Oh, man, I I would love to. I'm definitely, we. I really want to go to Kansas City for the draft.
0: All right. Well, I'm hoping we can make that happen. But And I know we've talked about it. I look forward to starting to do more draft episodes soon enough. But be, uh, before we get into that, we still have the playoffs that just started and a few more weeks of games that I'm excited for. I'm sure you are, too. Um, but So uh, to start off the episode, I wanted to get into uh, the teams that were eliminated over the weekend, go in order that the games were played. And and full disclosure, I wasn't able to watch every minute of every game with the, the busy travel schedule and everything, but did my best to get caught up uh, on everything. I think we got some uh, de- definitely things worth talking about. When I landed in Minnesota on Saturday it was halftime of the Seahawks 49ers game. So the Seahawks had a one point lead at that point, obviously did not hold, they got eliminated. And I, I wanted to start with them since they were the first game. So I don't think the Seahawks losing in the first round, especially insta red hot 49ers team is anything to be ashamed of. Like, would, would you agree on that? You seemed confident that the 49ers w- would have a blowout win last week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this is pretty much what I expected. They put up a better fight in the beginning than I expected. But by the end of it, you know, it was kind of what was expected of this team. Uh, You know, great effort all year. Got to be happy for Pete Carroll and what his guys have been able to do this year. And, you know, like we said before, it's a great building block moving forward.
0: No doubt. No. So uh, the way I wanted to do it was that these teams that got eliminated, just ask uh, you know, one question about the team, the state of the team, whatever. We're not doing deep dives on all of these. That would take too long. But for this, the Seahawks, I feel like I have the least amount of concern for them going forward of the teams that got eliminated this past weekend. So for me, it's like it, the Seahawks managed to slip in. I know they lose first round, but uh, still a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, Geno Smith had a good year. The, the Seahawks have the draft capital from the Broncos, from the Russell Wilson trade that's looking great for them. So I get the question I wanted to ask is just simple enough. Do you think Geno Smith will be back next year for the Seahawks? Uh.
1: Yeah, but I think it's going to be in like a – probably in like a mentor role. I feel like they are in good enough position to possibly grab a guy for long term.
0: So the the Seahawks would have a top five pick from Denver. I want to say it ended – was it third overall? Third or – Arizona was three. Did they get five? Is it five? The Colts ended up with the fourth pick, right?
1: Oh yeah, because okay, so it goes Chicago, Houston, Arizona, Indianapolis. Then okay, so it's number six.
0: I'm checking it right now. Uh no, they did they did end up with number five. The Lions have number six from the Rams. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, so they have a top five pick. Then so I think we're on board with the the fact that either houston or excuse me either chicago themselves i feel like they're likely to trade out a number one could be the Colts. but we think houston i think there's a good chance they take a quarterback so if the seahawks were to stick at number five i feel like uh, at least two quarterbacks would probably be off the board before that that would leave them presumably uh, a will levis uh, seems like the most likely option but i know that there's buzz that teams might have him as their qb one or two on their boards and not and not three
1: yeah, I keep saying that the Colts are absolutely in love with Levis. So if you think it goes Levis-Young, then if Seattle lands with CJ Stroud, that that could be a good pairing.
0: Interesting. Or Bryce Young, just depending on the team's personal preference in front. Or if we think that's what Seattle wants to do. I, I Geno Smith, great story, ended up as a pro bowler. He did not play as well the second half of the year. I'm not trying to criticize him too much, but I, I'd be shocked if Seattle committed to, to him as a long-term starter. I don't think that's in their plans. Maybe they, they managed to keep him around, but he will have other suitors. If if the team's looking for a veteran stopgap bridge quarterback that we've seen before, whether it's, uh, I, I know Carolina's done that several times. We've seen the Saints do it in recent years. You get the idea. I, I do think if Seattle, if Geno Smith wants to be a starter and he's guaranteed that opportunity I don't think it's impossible at all that he leaves.
1: Ooh. I, like, okay, where is he going to go and be a starter? Because you're going to have guys like Derek Carr, Tom Brady, potentially Lamar Jackson all on the move.
0: No, I, I get it. I'm just spitballing. Like, to me, the first one that came to mind for me was the Saints. I, I don't see the Panthers wanting to play that game again. They've they've tried the bridge quarterback, the veteran with Bridgewater, Mayfield, Darnold, et cetera, in recent years. I, I don't see them doing it. it. The Vegas rumors with Tom Brady or something else, I like there, there's only a couple. I, I feel like the Colts are going to have some sort of mandate to avoid going for a veteran quarterback this year.
1: Yeah, if they don't draft a quarterback, I will be absolutely shocked.
0: I will also laugh.
1: Yeah, I, I would laugh at them. I'm also currently laughing at them because I saw it's a possibility that Jeff Saturday gets to keep the job.
0: I would laugh if that actually happens, but uh, but in circling back to Seattle, like, do you think if if Geno's guaranteed, hey, you can start at least start twenty twenty three as the starting quarterback, but be ready that whoever we end up drafting is going to either take over for you at some point during the year if you get injured or at the very latest will be the full-time starter by 2024. Do you think Gino would accept that? Or do you think he'd say, well, Hey, I did a great job this one year. I feel like I should be given a better opportunity.
1: I think he, I think he would accept it just because like, you know, this system has been the best one for him in his whole career. So to get another season in it, could really showcase him to another team that would be willing to take a chance on him after next season.
0: I mean, the only thing with that is Geno. I, I know he's been with the Seahawks a few years. He was Russell's back, Russell Wilson's backup for I think three seasons before this. So he, he maybe he's uh, loyal to the organization. But Geno Smith has been in the league for ten or eleven years now. He's got to be thirty two years old, thirty three maybe somewhere in that range. He, he only has so many years left, so I feel like if Seattle doesn't give him the opportunity or say, hey, you're going to be our starter for at least the majority of 2023, I think he would at least try to find somebody who would give him that opportunity. I know there's only so many teams that could. Uh, I, I'm wondering uh, about Arizona, like when Kyler Murray would be healthy for next season coming off the torn ACL. Maybe somebody goes there, but I, I know it's unlikely. I just, I don't think it's a guarantee that he returns.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a guarantee. I just think it's probably his best option at this point.
0: Fair enough. Uh, so uh, the the next team I wanted to move on to, so the second team to lose, uh, it was also Saturday night. That would be the Chargers. And uh, I know anyone seeing the episode title knows that we'll uh, probably spend a couple extra minutes on them. So uh, the Chargers end up losing 31-30. They had a 27-0 lead late in the first half. Uh, the, the Chargers did that thing again. We've seen them do it before the uh, Brandon Staley, the head coach, has been pretty embattled, and uh, a lot of people are calling for his head. For now, he keeps his job, but the, the Chargers did fire their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and their quarterback coach, Shane Day. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like we had a, a feeling this was coming, not only because of how Jacksonville's been playing, and the fact the Chargers have blown leads before. But Staley has not seemed to have a a very good grip on the feel of the team or uh, in in late-game situations or when to be aggressive and when not to. Uh, The Chargers barely ran the ball and couldn't do it effectively in the second half. They weren't keeping the clock moving. The Chargers played their starters for the majority of the Week 18 meaningless game against the Broncos and got Mike Williams injured in that game where he did not end up playing in this playoff game. A lot of uh, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but a lot of these decisions I feel like regular sites should have seen in advance, and uh, I think they all contributed to a massive collapse in a playoff game.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. This, uh, I mean, I I will give him some credit because he has toned it down some since last season. Because last season he was going for like every fourth down; it was just ridiculous he's definitely toned down the aggressiveness this season, but yeah, like you said, he's still really like two years into it. He does not have a feel for the flow of the game or like his team even.
0: Yeah. I circle back to the game. I I think it was against Cleveland. Could be wrong, but it was one where Keenan Allen wasn't playing and the chargers made a couple of bizarre choices on fourth down in that game. And Keenan Allen himself tweeted out, what the fuck are we doing? And just uh, to see one of your star players questioning it so publicly, just like the rest of us. I mean, I I can't, I I don't want to speculate too much. There was also the moment in the game where we're like, Joey Bosa was losing his mind as the chargers were melting down, throws the helmet down once. Staley picks it up, hands it back to him only for him to throw it right down again, which I did think was pretty funny, but um uh, obviously the emotions were at an all-time high there the, the Chargers forced five turnovers in this game four in the first half four interceptions in the first half from Trevor Lawrence they built up a big lead but they settled for field goals a couple times they got nothing going in the second half and y- you could just feel it coming once I in my opinion like I, I, I'll be honest I didn't watch the entire game I was at that wild hockey game for the first half of it or so and by the time I got to watch it, it was about halfway through the third quarter. But it was all Jacksonville from there on out. And um, it's just, I mean, I it, I don't think it reflects well because we, you've heard the rumors where the Chargers been lo- uh, possibly looking to, for an excuse to fire him. And uh, if this wasn't their excuse, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, like there's there's no there there's no better reason than for than this game. This game. Literally, when the Jaguars were coming back, I was like, "Yes, yes, yes! This is finally what gets Staley fired."
0: I mean, the Chargers are among so many teams who have been linked to Sean Payton, who I'm sure we'll talk about more here on a future episode. But I mean, he's only been there two years, and in fairness, the Chargers had their first double-digit se- uh, win season in I want to say four or five years uh, this season. They they've made some progress. They barely missed the playoffs. Like he's only been there two years. And this year, like, at least record wise and making the playoffs wise was better than the first one. But it's just it feels like the Chargers really underachieved. And I think that's what reflects so poorly on him.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you look at this roster and like top to bottom, it's one of the best in the league. So where else can you point the finger except for the coaching staff?
0: Now, the only other thing I would say, like, uh, as, as talented as the offense is and how I feel like Justin Herbert's been held back slightly in terms of play calling, I mean, you know how damn good of a quarterback Justin Herbert is, and I just feel bad for him. The offensive line was hit pretty hard by injuries. You know, Rashawn Slater got hurt early in the year, missed the whole year, but Jamari Salyer came in, stepped up, showed some versatility. So him and Slater are both healthy next year. Give them a couple block uh, building blocks on the line. I would like to see them get a little younger at the wide receiver position. Like as good as, and talented as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, they are both injury prone. They've both had a hard time staying on the field for granted. Williams being hurt for the playoff game. Wasn't his fault. But I I would like to see them get some more durability and consistency out of that position. They have the talent, but it only on the field a fraction of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They need uh, – I can't even think of a – like wide receiver that they've drafted since Mike Williams. Maybe Palmer? Did they draft Palmer?
0: Yeah, I want to say he was a third-round pick.
1: Could be
0: wrong that. I mean, they they got Gerald Everett. Like, oh, Austin Eckler's a hell of a running back, but the Chargers weren't able to run the ball late in the game against Jacksonville. Like, they, they only ran it, what, I think seven or eight times in the second half and didn't get any yardage on the ones they did? Like, their longest run, when their best strategy would be run the ball as, as much as you can or, like, high-completion percentage kind of throws that keep the clock moving. Like, they, they got one 13-yard scramble from Herbert in the second half, and that's it. Like, it just... It gave Jacksonville more time and more opportunity to come back and chip away, and they did, and they eventually won.
1: Yeah, like uh, like we talked about before the episode, like Staley didn't adjust anything as like play calling wise on either side of the ball. They just kept doing what they were doing in the first half, and clearly the Jaguars adjusted, and it wasn't working anymore. So why not shift your focus?
0: Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree. And then earlier, I think it was today, maybe it was yesterday. Sorry, losing track. But he had a season-ending press conference, and reporters asked uh, the, the question that got him the most heat was, "Do you think you were outcoached by Doug Peterson in the second half?" Which he very clearly was, just objectively in the in the game. And I, I get him wanting to defend himself, but him saying no, I just feel like like it, it's not quite what Zach Wilson was for the jets when they had the terrible offensive game and they asked if he thought he let the defense down. And he said, no, like, I don't think it was that like lack of maturity or, or anything. I think it was him trying to stand up for himself more, or at least like I, I didn't get quite the same vibe, but I, I, I know that Herbert and Derwin James and a couple other players have, uh, yeah, have backed him but i just i have a lot of questions about the chargers coaching staff like uh firing offensive coordinator quarterback coach maybe it feels like a half measure to me because the team is too talented to keep spinning its wheels oh yeah definitely i and mean,
1: like um what is the saying something like if you want to like kill a snake you cut off the head you you got to start there
0: I, mean, I don't think i've heard that phrase where where did you hear that one
1: um paraphrasing right now I'm not 100% sure on the saying but it's something about cutting
0: off the head okay well I I think I'm getting what you're going for but I, I'm very curious to learn what the that the actual reference is at some point but yeah I, I, that's where I'm at with the Chargers like uh, it's not that Staley hasn't done anything like there are definitely some positives in his tenure but the, to me it just boils down to it it feels like they underachieved and blowing a four touchdown lead in a playoff game is never a good look
1: uh, no not at all
0: The next team I wanted to to talk about. Uh, so there were two the two games Saturday. We just talked about the two lost. Then three games on Sunday. The first of which was the Dolphins and the Bills. Dolphins were the team that ended up eliminated uh, in a game that was a lot closer than a lot of people, myself included, were expecting. Considering they were down to Skylar Thompson at quarterback, but the the Dolphins ended up nine and eight. They made made it into the playoffs. I want to say first time since 2016, but I'd have to double check that. They started the season hot. They had some injuries. They lost a bunch in a row, and they barely managed to scrape in the last week of the season. So, I guess basic question for me here: Do we think? Do you think the Dolphins can build on this and turn into a legitimate AFC contender, or do you think this is more of a flash in the pan? Because I, I do have some questions about them.
1: So, all right, fuck it. I'm going with my gut. Um, I'm I'm bringing in the tagline real quick you know uh hot takes and cold beers i'm gonna
0: have to crack this one (laughs) been a while since we've done that so okay there's the cold beer what's the hot take
1: okay all right you ready i'm ready uh miami is winning the afc east next year wow
0: okay I wasn't sure which direction you were going. Okay, well, well, tell me why. I'm Backstreet Boys style. Why do you think they're going to win the division next year?
1: Because, okay, so they played Buffalo three times this year. They won one and played super close in the other two. And uh, they played super close in the playoff game with Skylar Thompson. Buffalo has glaring problems. And I, I think this Miami team, if Tua can stay healthy, will take advantage of uh i feel like a deteriorating buffalo team unless they start making some adjustments and i
0: i, I don't know man i my guts tell me that they could win this division All right. Well, I like the gut feeling. I'm not telling you not to go with it, but the the first question I would ask is obviously about Tua. So the Dolphins have come out and said that they're committed to him, that they want to build around him. They obviously have given him some great weapons on the outside who can create oodles of separation on every route, but I... Tua's health is clearly a major concern. He took an absolute beating this year, missed several games, including the playoff game. And when he did play, it still feels like his ceiling as a quarterback is limited. He does not have the same talent that, several other quarterbacks in the AFC have, whether it's Mahomes or Allen or Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. I just, I don't see him on that level. So if if the Dolphins have any chance of winning the division, not only does he need to be healthy and can, and productive, but the the team around him would need to be elite. Yeah.
1: And uh, I I definitely feel like his weapons offensively are elite. Uh, Obviously the defense uh, could use some work but, you know, Swing, I, I'm going to start with this. So, like, yeah, Tua has his limitations. Now, I'm not calling it apples to apples here at all. I'm just saying it is doable. The Kansas City Chiefs, my favorite team, we started our reign of terror over the AFC West on the back of Alex Smith, another very limited quarterback. It's It's doable. It's not going to be... Like super, like obvious, but I, I, it's very doable to do, uh, hold on to the division with a limited quarterback.
0: I mean, even if they were able to win the division, and I'm not so convinced that's going to happen. Although I, I do think Buffalo still has some things they should work on, but to me, Buffalo still has a much more talented team at the moment. But I mean, the, the question I would ask then is, even if the Dolphins do win the division. I would not have anywhere near the same reverence for them as a real contender once they hit the playoffs. Cause like as uh, Alex Smith did a solid job with the chiefs, obviously, but they've of course taken it to a new level with Patrick Mahomes. You could look at Orion Tannehill as well as somebody who's, Played above average football for them. Who's clearly limited. Who uh, would get them into the playoffs most years, but then wouldn't make it further than the AFC Championship game. Like, is that the the ceiling the Dolphins would be willing to settle for? Because at best, I think Tua would be what the fifth, sixth best quarterback in the AFC.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, yeah, I don't see this team. No, I said win the division. I didn't. This team isn't going anywhere in the playoffs. They're just going to win
0: their division. I mean, that's, that's possible. They, they could have a year where if like Tua needs to stay healthy, of course, like look, Skylar Thompson was a seventh round pick third stringer. I mean, it's yeah. not like he showed nothing. I, I would ask um, like th- th- this game felt like one that the dolphins gave away because they were given so many opportunities in this game. And like, I don't know why Skylar Thompson was asked to throw the ball 45 times. But uh, I do know that the, the turnovers that Buffalo had, and the um, and Jalen Waddell had a couple of pretty brutal drops. Now I, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty buzzed by the time I was uh, when I was watching some of this game, and then right after they took the 24-20 lead, I walked over from the bar I was at and the tailgate to the stadium, so I didn't see the whole thing. But I'm just I, I am baffled by some of the decisions. Like uh, Mike McDaniel, great first year overall, seems like a very fun head coach. But I, I just I do have questions about like just how how far the Dolphins can go now. maybe they get a division win in there randomly, but I'll believe it when I see it. And I don't think they could get anything further than that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I do have like okay. I don't I don't know how much you saw of it, but like Mike McDaniel's uh, play clock. Play clock management was fucking horrendous in this game.
0: It it felt
1: like every other play they were having to call a timeout or getting a delay of game.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I I heard about the one near the end where they, like, couldn't get the play in on a fourth and one and pushed it back to a fourth and six, but I heard that that was just, like, the most important, that they had several throughout the game. And, like, you have a third-string quarterback is challenging enough. Like, how the hell do you keep letting that happen? You got to get the play sent in earlier.
1: Yeah, I, I remember one specific occasion where it literally, they had to call a timeout for, to, like, not get a delay of game. And then they still got a delay of game right after that. Like, you had a whole extra play clock, and you still didn't get a fucking play. Yeah, that just can't happen in any game, especially a playoff game. It was just baffling to watch. I felt like that was a... Big part of I maybe he was just overthinking everything, and uh, I I felt like that held them back a little bit. I definitely feel like the Jalen Waddle drops was really screwing them over because Skylar Thompson was putting the ball on the money in that first half.
0: Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he made some good throws from what I did see. Like now, again, not saying anything beyond that. Like, I mean, the fact the game was this close, Thompson's clearly. And yeah, there was a reason he was a seventh round pick. Not every seventh round pick turns out to be Brock Purdy and instantly effective, but I just, I thought it was weird that they had him throw so much there. They, they, they had a lot of opportunities that I, I, I think the bills are still the better team, but they, they, Gave the Dolphins several opportunities in this game. Dolphins, it feels like they definitely could have won it. Maybe left uh, an opportunity on the table there, in my opinion. They, defensively, I think they have some very interesting players with Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins up front, and and Xavier Howard, Byron Jones back there. Like I, we, we can go player by player another time, but I just I, I don't. I right now I don't see them winning a division. Like I, I I need Tua to stay healthy first, and I don't trust that at the moment. I just don't. Yeah, what was this concussion tally up to? Four or five this year? I mean, we can't count it. We all know damn sure he can't either.
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely missed at at least one.
0: I mean, what 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 were there more of? Two uh, injuries, concussions, or Brett Maher missed extra points on Monday night?
1: You had to bring that fucking guy up. Sorry, I, I'm sorry about your bet. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was. It was funny. Um, I it's a very comparable stat line. Uh, I genuinely don't know uh, if he had more concussions than missed kicks.
0: Well, I mean, the fact that we even have to think about it, I think, says a lot right there. But uh, uh, before we uh, we'll get we'll get into the Cowboys a little bit later. Let's move on to the next team that lost. That'd be the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I feel like uh, there's not as much to say here, in my opinion. Uh, I think a lot of people predicted them losing. uh, If they didn't have them losing to the Giants, I don't think they had them going any further than that. Because while the Vikings did finish thirteen and four, they finished an incredible eleven and zero in one score games in the regular season. They had some extremely good fortune in some of those games, and they they lose a one possession game here to open the playoffs. A lot of people were referring to them as frauds or the luckiest thirteen and fourteen. You get the idea. So um, I guess where, where I'm going to go. I think a lot of us would agree that Minnesota will regress record wise next year. How much do you think they regress?
1: Um, I'm leaning towards, like, the eight to nine win marker.
0: Hovering around 500, right?
1: Yeah, either just under or just above.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I could absolutely see it. Now, you look at their own division, like, the Bears are bad. They're going to be bad next year. Who the hell knows with the Packers? I don't have the energy for another Aaron Rodgers saga right now. The Lions seem like the, the obvious choice to improve and maybe take a couple more wins from them. And if uh, if the Vikings have any more trouble in their division, they lose a couple of those one possession games, which seems highly likely next season. And then, uh, but for me, the bigger concern about the Vikings would be their defense. Like, like they, like Kirk Cousins is, uh, I think you can throw him into an Alex Smith or Ryan Tannehill kind of category. With yeah, you're you can only go so far with him, but he's not terrible either. But defensively, like other than Daniel Hunter. And at area smith and hunters had some injury problems like most of their key players on defense are aging past their primes whether it's patrick peterson or harrison smith or eric kendricks like they i think they need help at all three levels of their defense
1: yeah i agree um like moving forward yeah this defense is getting very up there in age um i mean they're Still good players, but, like, longevity, uh, like, how much longer can, like, a Patrick Peterson keep it up or a Harrison Smith?
0: Right. I mean, and Kendricks has got to be 30 by now, something like that himself. And like, I, They still have some very good players. I, I want to see more of Cameron Dantzler. But, like, I, I do have some questions about the just the, the long-term sustainability of a defense that played very poorly in this playoff game against, like, well, while the Giants have played a couple of better games recently, they still have a below-average offense, in my opinion. And they could not stop a nosebleed in the playoff game at home on Sunday. I don't think that's a great sign. Like, they won a lot of high-scoring games, obviously – they're going to be able to put up points with Jefferson and a, a usually decent offensive line, Thielen, Hawkinson, Cook. You get the idea. But I just, I, I, if they start to lose a couple of those one-score games, like they lost a lot of them in 2021, then they won them all in the regular season this year. They're going to regress next year if that's the formula. Like I think Kevin O'Connell did some very good things, but there's only so much for him to work with here.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, the last two years, they got to be like up there for most one score games And, like playing every game that close cannot be a winning formula there There's just no way you can play every game that close and expect to win them all,
0: yeah, I mean, and it worked for them in the regular season, but I think people knew that once they got to the playoffs or they were in that situation, eventually their luck was going to run out. It ended up happening earlier than I expected, and the I, I personally loved them throwing a three-yard pass pattern on fourth and eight to end the game. I thought that was excellent.
1: Yeah, there was uh, <clears throat> shades of Joshua Dobbs, if you will.
0: Oof. Well, I mean, at least Dobbs wasn't supposed to. Yeah, never mind. I'm not throwing any strays at him. But th- that's where I'm at with the Vikings. Uh, for me, I wanted to move on to the next one, that would be the Baltimore Ravens, who ended up losing a, a 20 game 24-17 to the Bengals. They had chances to win. Obviously, there was the the very stupid helicopter goal line dive attempt, which completely fucked them and ended their season. But be um in, instead of focusing on that, like as dumb as it was, Um, I I think the real question about the Ravens here has got to be about Lamar Jackson, who is not under contract for next year. He was not on the sideline, did not play in this playoff game, similar to the uh, Dolphins situation in that regard. So uh, but the more I think about it, the more I think it is possible that Lamar Jackson leaves. Where are you at with that situation? Well,
1: you kind of took the edge off of my hot take. My hot take was going to be I think he doesn't play for Baltimore next year.
0: Interesting. Where where do you think he'd be? uh, I mean, but Baltimore would have to, I would think at least put slap the franchise tag on him and try to trade him rather than just let him walk as a free agent. Right. Um, like for them. Yeah. But, uh,
1: I mean, I think it just boils down to how, you know, uh, we don't really know how like the talks I obviously they're not even close to being on the same page but you gotta wonder if they'd be on the same page with like a franchise tag and trade or like letting them walk
0: i mean I'm, I'm very curious to see where it goes so i mean this was the fifth year option i, I i'd be shocked if the ravens don't put the tag on and, and buy themselves some more time to negotiate but Uh, We we can only speculate on how the negotiations are going, but uh, the outside, it doesn't look very good. Do do you look into it all, the fact that Lamar, like, um, I'm not taking anything away from the knee injury. I saw a couple people criticize that he wasn't there at all on the sideline to help Tyler Huntley. Like, do you read into that at all? I, I personally don't.
1: No, not at all. I don't think it's that big of a deal.
0: I mean, I I can understand it a little bit. We're like, I mean, now if he was told not to fly, that's one thing. I don't know with with a, a PCL injury in your knee. I'm not a doctor, just um, but I did see some people talking about that. But I, I would say though that him not being there, I f- feel like you might be able to say reflects that his relationship with the Ravens isn't the greatest at the moment.
1: I mean, yeah, definitely. I don't I don't think it's a good relationship at all. That's why I feel like he's not going to play for them next year, whether it's uh, via trade or him <clears throat> in the open market.
0: I'm really curious to see, like uh, just a, a week or two ago, I think I said, like, I'd still be really surprised if he leaves. The more I think about it, like the more I think it's possible. So I guess scale of one to 10, like what, wh- what do you think the uh, the number is on that scale or maybe just the percentage that Lamar Jackson will be back with the Ravens next year. Like, what what number would you give that right now?
1: Oh, to be bank, uh,
0: I gotta go with
1: like a Two and a half, two and yeah, a
0: half out like, of two. Yeah, I'm I'm a little higher. I think I'm like in the four to five range, but I'm I'm a lot less optimistic on it than I was a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I same. That's exactly. It, it just very suddenly. I don't know. I, I feel a shift and it doesn't feel like it's going in the Ravens' favor.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I know we can talk about how stupid that play was with the the fumble on the goal line that changed everything. But I, I don't think that's really uh, the long term question. I think it's all about Lamar here. So that's why I, that's what I wanted to ask there. But um, that leaves the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the final team that got eliminated on wild card weekend. So basically um tom brady's contract is up and he i I read that he has a clause in his contract where he can't be given the tag um i don't think any 45 year olds have been given a franchise tag in the past anyway but um so it sounds unlikely that um everything seems to be pointing to tom brady not being back with the buccaneers next year whether that's him retiring or going to another team remains to be seen well i'm sure we'll cover it later but um where the hell do the buccaneers go from here
1: I think it's time to rebuild. This uh, team's window is very clearly closed at this point. Uh, they're just they're, The team just didn't look good all year. All year they looked bad. There was not very many moments where it looked like the team that won the Super Bowl.
0: I mean, how, how much of a lease do you think Todd Bowles gets? Because I have a feeling he gets maybe one more year and then he's out.
1: <clears throat> yeah, sadly, I think uh, – yeah, sadly, I think that's his fate. That uh, gets one more year and just see another stint of him. I, I
0: he's a great coach. I just hate that he keeps ending up in these situations. I mean, there were times that I defended him when we, he was with the Jets, and then there were some other times this year. I think he made some pretty glaring mistakes or baffling decisions. Like I, I feel like he has some various obvious, very obvious drawbacks.
1: Yeah, he... Okay. Uh, he kind of falls more towards like how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury. Probably better as a coordinator than the head guy. I could
0: see it. I mean, maybe he'll follow him to Thailand. <laughs> and then I mean, they could him. be... Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers aren't falling off a cliff like the Cardinals are, huh?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- maybe uh Cliff and Todd could... uh the offensive and defensive coordinators for like Sean Payton or something somewhere.
0: That would be a very eclectic staff. I think it would be funny to watch, but yeah, to me, it's just the, the Buccaneers off season will hinge on what happens with Brady. And uh, if not, like, I mean, I think they might be forced to because they have a ton of veterans on their roster and uh, they're tr- clearly trying to contend right now while they, they won their terrible division. They didn't look very good doing it. I don't think we're too surprised that they lost early in the playoffs here. And um, and that's where I'm at. So, I mean, it, the general consensus seems to be that Tom Brady won't be back.
1: Yeah, and uh, I definitely think uh, he won't be back. Okay, so the last time that Brady was one and done in the playoffs was his last year in New England. So it would only be fitting if this was his last year in Tampa.
0: I'm curious to see where he would go next if he keeps playing or because he, he doesn't – I mean, his father time finally starting to catch up to him, we'll see, but – um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens, but similar to Rodgers, I don't really have the energy for a full quarterback saga right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, yeah. I mean, did, did you have anything else you want to throw in on any of those eliminated teams? You want to uh, move on to the next section here? Uh, I'm ready to move on. All right. Well, uh, we're not going to go team by team on the, on the rest of this here. So six teams advanced over super Wild Card weekend. So that'd be 49ers, Jaguars, Bills, Giants, Bengals, and Cowboys. Uh, the, the Chiefs and Eagles will be coming off their uh, first round buys as the one seed. So uh, before we get into them and uh, uh, mention maybe which matchup we're most excited for this weekend, of those six teams that I mentioned that advanced, which team were you the most impressed by over the weekend?
1: Ooh, most impressed by – uh, fuck, you, you're really going to make me say it. Dallas is the only team that really did something I didn't expect of them this uh, wild card weekend.
0: Yeah, I hate them so much. If I'm being honest, I really hope the 49ers beat them. But uh, look, I didn't see a lot of that game either. Personally, I was at the Rangers game on Monday night. And when I got uh, to my friend's place where I stayed, it was like a little after halftime, but I was exhausted from my travel. So I just passed out.
1: Yeah, uh, you didn't really miss much. That game was kind of a snoozer for most of it.
0: Yeah, when I when I went to bed it, it was like a little after 10 and it was 24 nothing Dallas and I thought that it was three touchdowns and a field goal but I was wrong. It was four touchdowns oh. and four missed extra points.
1: Yeah, yeah that uh that might have been the most exciting thing of the first half is see, okay, so when he missed the first two kicks, it literally looked like the same exact kick. I was watching the game with Nick and like uh, when he missed the second one, I was like, did they just show a replay of him missing the extra point earlier? <laughs> and then I had to find out that it was actually another kick.
0: Yeah, that's that's all it's almost impressive. Now, fortunately for Brad Maher, the his uh, off night did not uh, really affect Dallas, who had the game in hand from start to finish, from what I understand. So he's he's fortunate there, they'll be sticking with him. I saw that they have another kicker on the practice squad just in case. But yeah, unfortunately, they played very well on both sides of the ball. Um, for me, I think I would go Jacksonville just because I still think it shows a lot of resiliency that they're able to pull off a four-touchdown comeback in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, that was definitely very impressive. It's just, uh, I is it sad I kind of expect shit like that from the Chargers?
0: No, I honestly don't think it. I think it's it's reasonable at this point. Like we we've seen it several times. Yeah, like charger's gonna charge her, you know. I guess so. I mean, so uh, and then uh, which team that that won over the weekend like gave you the most uh, like concerns? Uh, kind of a toss up. I'm gonna lean towards Buffalo.
1: Uh, the other team I was considering was Cincinnati. Like to me baltimore i i know it's a divisional uh game but like i don't know baltimore shouldn't have been able to play that since the team that close but Man. yeah i'm leaning yeah. buffalo cuz it was a third string quarterback out there they should have blown the doors off miami if they're this juggernaut that they supposedly are
0: for me, it was just the, the turnovers for the Bills that have concerned me for a few weeks now. Like, they're, they've still found ways to win most of these games. But, like, uh, considering I think Allen threw two picks and fumbled three times, he only lost one of them. Like, man, now, if, if he has a game, anything like that against the Bengals, their season's going to be over.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, he cannot afford to make, I'd say, more than one mistake against Cincinnati. There's just no way.
0: I mean, you know how just how special of a quarterback he can be. It's just uh, the the, some of the decision making and the turnovers have hurt them at times. And the margin for error is so much smaller in the playoffs. So I I think I would lean Buffalo as well, although I still do believe in their upside and their ceiling. But it's just they they have to be smarter if they're going to advance. And that kind of leads into my next question. So of the four matchups this weekend. So let's exclude the matchup with our own team, because obviously we're going to be be excited to watch that or, or nervous or whatever but so the, the four games jaguars play the chiefs giants play the eagles bills play the bengals and the cowboys play the 49ers that last one dallas and san francisco is the only one of the four that is not a rematch of at least one regular season game but uh which of the other games besides the chiefs then would you be most excited for this weekend
1: i gotta go bills and bengals uh, they were i obviously uh it's uh, unfortunate for how their regular season game ended, but it was a very good start to that game. And I'm excited to see these two AFC powerhouses duel it out. I think it's going to be a very explosive game. I'm expecting right around like, a, I don't know, like a 38 to 35 kind of game. I, I feel it. like it's going to be uh, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen just pacing each other for four quarters. And you know it's going to be exciting to watch.
0: I could definitely see it. Uh, for me, honestly, I think like I was leaning that way. I think i'm gonna I think I'm gonna go Jacksonville and Kansas City instead. I, I think it's going to be a similar game that you just described for those two, yeah, I'm fucking terrified of that matchup, honestly. Like, I know that the uh, you guys won by 10 in the regular season, right? Was it, like, 27-17? Yeah, we, we got off to a hot start against
1: them, and we kind of tapered off, and they really picked up steam in the second half. Well,
0: I so, mean, that ended up being good foreshadowing for their playoff game.
1: Yeah, You know, it's something I feel like they've been doing a lot. And, uh, I, I was happy that we held them off at the end, but – I don't know. I, I had a weird feeling while watching that game, so I'm kind of nervous to see the rematch, and plus, you know, Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. That's a fact that I've heard a million times in the last few days.
0: Well, there you go. You'd have to end that to uh, to advance to the AFC Championship. Uh, by the way, for anyone wondering, I am not planning to go to Philadelphia. But uh, if I do, I'll tell another story at the beginning of next week's show. And uh, what, real quick, before we move on to the teams that hired new GMs, uh, how about the fact that of the four teams left in the NFC, three of them are from the NFC East?
1: You mean the NFC Beast? It's the uh, best the division.
0: NFC, yeah, not the NFC Least anymore.
1: Oh, how the turns have tabled.
0: Yeah, and I just, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Like, even in their, like, rosiest outlook like i don't think anyone saw that i know i didn't but um yeah, but yeah that's where i'm at uh, i'll uh, i'm i'm excited that we at least won one game hopefully we can win at least you know, three more but one at a time uh but i'm not really going to get into that i wanted to switch it over real quick before we wrap up mention uh, a couple of teams that have hired new executives i, I know we'll do a, a show soon about new coaches but start off with the Arizona Cardinals they hired a guy named Monty Asenfort as their new general manager he is 44. He was with the Titans in their front office the last three years and with the Patriots for 15 years before that. They, uh, the Cardinals recently fired Cliff Kingsbury, and um, uh, their GM before this, a guy named Steve Kime, he stepped away for health reasons. So the Cardinals are in a very interesting spot, finished 4-13 and last year, and it seems like they're making a lot of changes.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, my big question do you move off Kyler Murray?
0: Well, it, it, let's say that they want to do that. They just signed him to the massive contract extension, and he tore his ACL near the end of the regular season. So I think it would be borderline impossible to do so.
1: I just – I don't feel like he's in the long-term plans. It's just I, – I like Kyler Murray less and less every year. I'm just – I don't know, man. I'm not high on him anymore. I don't feel like he can be that guy for Arizona or damn near any team. I don't know. I'm i am really – I'm not with Kyler Murray anymore.
0: Well, I mean, so the, the Cardinals' new regime, whoever their new coach is going to end up being, they have Kyler coming off the injury. They're going to have the third overall pick in this upcoming draft. Uh, we're not going to get into the whole Cardinals roster. do we, we? I might do a deep dive on them in a future episode. But uh, they have a lot of veteran contracts. They have some pretty clear holes on their roster. They've made some int- very uh, interesting moves, let's go with, in the last couple of years. I'd say most of them have not work, get, worked out. I mean, th- this was a team that started 7-0, in 2021 and uh, I'm I'm going to do it one more time. I don't care. Uh the way they finished this year, you could really say they fell off a cliff.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, we I I love how before we recorded, we had all these cliff puns and uh I just yeah, I really
0: want to hammer home these uh cliff puns. Did you have any others you wanted to say? I got one more in mind if you don't.
1: Well, you know, I have my uh I was just sitting here looking through my cliff notes and, you know, oh, yeah, he got fired. <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, we were instead of the deep dive, we're just doing the cliff notes version of the Cardinals new hire.
1: Yeah, we're just. <laughs> All
0: oh. right. Well, um, and, and I hope that the audience likes puns, but if not, you yeah, know, it's our show. Go fuck yourself.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> got a for the future episode when we talk about the coaching hires, mm. you know, about Cliff's replacement.
0: Who doesn't love a good cliffhanger?
1: That's what keeps them coming back.
0: All right. Well, uh, the the other team that hired a new GM uh, does not have uh, a name that we'll make quite as many puns on. But uh, the the Titans, uh, we, we know we did the deep dive on them a few weeks ago. They hired a guy named Rand Carthon to be their new GM. He was in the 49ers front office as their director of player personnel and um fun fact there uh, uh ran's father Maurice actually was a running back with the giants back in the 80s and won a couple super bowls with him but uh, he was uh, also a coach for a while so comes from a, a football family background there i think ran himself also played a little bit uh, at, in college and in the nfl for a year or two but didn't have a hugely impactful career there but uh, he's uh, he's 41 years old a lot of experience in in nfl front offices the Titans, uh, unlike the Cardinals, like will be key- their coach is already in place. Like Mike Vrabel will still be there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I thought Vrabel was going to have more to do with like player personnel and like shit like that.
0: Yeah, and, and their owner did say as much. It sounded like when John Robinson, the last GM, was fired. And I'm I'm very intrigued to see what their press conference is going to be when they formally introduce Carthon. Uh, but it, it does definitely seems like one where one of those situations where if they fire the GM but not the coach, Vrabel's going to have a lot of input.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, kind of curious and eager to see how the dynamic's going to work and, like, who really has more say, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I, I think it sort be of interesting. I'm, I'm done.
0: I was just going to say it's a team that we all know started seven and three, lost seven straight to end their season and missed the playoffs. One of the biggest collapses we've ever seen. And they fired John Robinson in the middle of that when they had a three or four game lead in their division. So just not not a situation you see very often. Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how the fuck they blew that division. It is almost impressive, isn't it? But um, I, I mean, that's all I had for uh, for this week. I, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get into more specifics on the front office stuff maybe in a future episode after the playoffs. But did you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrap this up?
1: No, I'm out of cliff puns, so I'm good.
0: I think I am too. So uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, You know, uh, the, uh, the actual cliffhanger here, the, uh, the preview for future weeks, like we'll talk more about the playoffs. We have a a college football episode we're planning on doing in February is a little change of pace. And when the, uh, the teams that don't have head coaches at the moment, that would be the, uh, cardinals panthers colts texans and broncos once their coaches are hired we're planning on doing an episode where we rank the hires in our opinion and rank their paths to contention paths to success from there or like which who has the smoothest and uh, we, we definitely look forward to getting into that but in the meantime playoffs are down to only eight teams and we're, we're excited to see what happens as they go from eight to four this upcoming weekend I uh, wanted to thank everyone again for tuning in. Remind them to rate, review, subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform. If you're looking for it, uh, the show on a different platform, different link, uh, but we have link trees in our bio on Twitter and Instagram. Recommend you follow those pages at Take a Swig Pod. Link to every platform is on there. But uh, for Blake, this is Swig. with signing off. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody.